0: This episode will not be my best work because I am not entirely present.
1: <laughs> it's okay because I found it to be kind of boring, honestly. Yeah,
0: I watched it just before we started because I was like, let me wait to the very last second mm. so that everything is fresh. What a nothing burger.
1: It, it was. It was very <laughs> um, boring one word for it, but also kind of a downer on many levels.
0: Yeah, not a lot of good stuff came out of this.
1: Yeah, no. Definitely
0: not. No. This is I Hate It. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa.
1: And I'm Dawn. And to get us started, here's our 60-second summary.
0: This week's episode was kind of a snooze fest, so please bear with us. Since Archie's grades have improved, Uncle Frank gives him back his hot rod, which Reggie is super impressed with. The boys bond over their love of cars, but the subject quickly turns sour when they start bickering over who gets to drive it. They're both so obsessed that they individually and collectively blow two dates with Veronica and Betty, who can only roll their eyes at these morons and leave them behind to sort out their issues. Pop Tate hooks Reggie up with a fixer-upper jalopy, and Betty agrees to help him restore it, much to Archie's dismay. In an attempt to get closer to Tony and get a better understanding of her, Cheryl expresses her desire to come to a meeting of the new Black Literary Society. Tony shoots her down, stating that it might be uncomfortable for everyone to have her there, which would be fine, except Clay is allowed to bring Kevin and everyone was apparently totally cool with that. Tony eventually relents and lets Cheryl attend, but even after it seemingly goes well, Cheryl agrees not to attend any more meetings. Jughead and Tabitha track down Brad Rayberry's wife, a black woman named June, who corroborates their theory that Brad would never commit suicide. Just when the trail is starting to go cold, Jughead bumps into a neighbor who mentions that the milkman paid Mr. Rayberry a visit the night he died, and now it's all starting to come together. So one of my main observations that I want to get off my chest immediately, and I mean, you know, Everybody knows if they listen to any one of our Riverdale episodes that we hate when there's musical numbers involved. But I cannot believe, first of all, that we've had such a low number of them thus far in this season, but also in this particular episode where Fangs was putting on a show that oh, they, we didn't even
1: get to see We it. didn't
0: even get to see the show. And like I hesitate to complain because you know I hate the musical numbers. But like this would have made sense. And the fact Mm -hmm. that we are seeing them, like, the whole thing of getting to the concert was
1: one thing. And then all of a sudden it's the next morning and it's like, we don't even get to... Right. And it (laughs) became a thing where, like, basically everybody went. Right. (laughs) And it wouldn't have even been the vibe of a musical number either because... No, it's a concert. Right. Like, people being forced to sing against their will. Right. No, he's a musician and that was his, like, that's his job. Right. And this
0: was a big deal.
1: It was a big deal. He had a lot at stake here. There was an agent
0: in the audience and stuff Mm -hmm. so like he ended up getting the business card of somebody who's in a production company like could could we have seen that maybe (laughs) maybe kind of and then he made such a big fuss about Midge not going because it's a seedy part of Centerville and it could potentially be dangerous there's gonna be a rumble or whatever and then meanwhile Cheryl, Tony, Betty Veronica are all going and then they're like Mish come with us and it's just like yeah like it is your boyfriend let's go (laughs) yeah so like he made such a big deal about them not going so you kind of thought that something might happen at this show that's what I thought at least that they were setting up something to go wrong so maybe this was the one positive thing that came from this episode but we didn't get to be a part of it so (laughs) it's just kind of like oh all right I guess Fangs is um, a music star now.
1: Great. Yeah. And they also, this episode kind of set up this like imitation sibling rivalry (laughs) between Archie and Reggie. Yeah. You know, they've been in close quarters for too long and it's taken a toll. All because of the fucking car. Also,
0: Uncle Frank is weirdly chill now. Like he has kind of dropped his whole hard ass kind of thing.
1: I also feel like his mustache got longer.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's, it's maturing. and It's stretched out. It's as, way more <laughs> stretched out. As his mustache matures, he matures as well. Right? But yeah, he, he says, okay, Archie, you got your grades up so you can have your car back. But then also after Archie gives Reggie permission to take his car to take Veronica out and he gets all pissy at him, we can go, come back to this. But the next day, Uncle Frank is like, oh, I heard you guys going at it last night over the car. You know, you should give the kid a break. It's just like... The man who is in the business of not giving anyone a fucking break is saying right. this? And you,
1: you were like gung ho on just literally hating life and wanting to make everybody miserable. Right. And now you're, and so, so much so, like siding with Reggie a lot, which is like really pissing Archie off. Right. I found so funny because his response is I really wish if we would have known. In the beginning, again, how long the 50s segment was going to go. I would have loved to do a segment where we did a 50s term of the week.
0: Oh, God. Because there were so many (laughs) in this
1: episode alone. Yes. Because... Well, I know the
0: one that you're talking about. When Archie says, what the frig...
1: And then what he, the friggin' then he goes, you're rigging for a switch or something? You're itching for a switch-in or something. You're itching for a switch-in. Yeah. For a switchin'. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All in one sentence. Yes, <laughs> so it, it was like,
0: one right after the other, I wanted to explode. But yeah, there there's a lot of it. And I feel like it's getting more and more pervasive. And it's it doesn't mm-hmm. sound any more natural than it did in the first couple of episodes. So
1: No, they're really forcing it on us. Just suffering here.
0: But yeah, so... Going more into that, Archie gets his car back, finds out Reggie is also really into cars. And so they kind of bond over this. And so when... Veronica approaches Reggie in school and asks him if he wants to go on that date. She keeps blowing him off for Reggie kind of pushes back a little bit which was good but Mm -hmm. but then he ends up going after her and even when Reggie tells Archie that he's going out with Veronica he's like I thought you were done with her antics. What are you doing here bro? Like Archie the dumbest kid in the school still sees that this is a bad person. Yeah and
1: he even even his like how he responded it was just kind of in surprise like his inflection with the response to was like but you said yeah if you weren't gonna like and it's like whoa okay i didn't <laughs> know you were that invested bro veronica did also kind
0: of burn archie so i can understand if he is trying to be protective of reggie and is mm-hmm. like i mean we've all had that friend who goes back to their ex and you're kind of like i thought you said we weren't gonna do this again right yeah <laughs> so
1: several times
0: myself <laughs> that's kind of the vibe i got from that but Archie agrees to let Reggie borrow his car to take Veronica on this date and then Betty asks Archie to go out on the same night. And because he already lent out his car, they have to walk to Pops, uh, which he's not really happy about, but agrees to. And on their date, he's such an asshole. He really is. He's not paying attention to what Betty's saying at all. He's looking out the window. He's like, where else could they possibly be going? Pops is the only place to go on a date in Riverdale, which is probably true. So like, it's not a great experience for Betty.
1: No, I felt really bad for her. Yes,
0: because she's been waiting for so long. To go on this date. And honestly, I mean, we'll get to the like the worst double date in the history of the universe. But Ooh. I mean, the single dates were bad enough. So Reggie gets back late and Archie is literally sitting in the living room, like lights parent, out.
1: Like pissed off. <laughs> Do you have any idea what time it is, young man? That exact oh, it was, it was, vibe. That was funny. Because he was so, like the overacting too was just yes. so ridiculous. Yeah. He's like,
0: I was worried you got into an accident. You could have been laying in a ditch somewhere bleeding. And, you know, it's it's funny because I think that's like what Mary basically said to him in the very first episode. So he's already growing up so fast. I mean, obviously, I think he cared more about the car, more about the car, than necessarily about Reggie. So he's basically like, you're not allowed to drive my car anymore. And then Uncle Frank kind of talks him off that ledge but the next thing is that Betty and Veronica get together and are like okay well collectively are like our dates were yeah our dates kind of sucked and then I loved Betty's practical yes she was just like should we switch and try again
1: She is also just, again, super horny. And whoever gives her the attention at this point is going to win.
0: Right. I just love that idea of like, okay, well, that pairing didn't work out. Maybe we should just flip flop. And then Veronica Mm -hmm. suggests the double date instead. And she's like, I heard about this event in Centerville. We'll get them to take us dinner and then go to that. So they approach the guys and they agree. But this date. Oh, my God. The worst date. I think I've ever witnessed and like I've been on bad dates myself so
1: (laughs) I would have left (laughs) I think seriously and they even kind of blamed themselves a little bit they were like we shouldn't have went to like the newsstand yeah but that's not their fault (laughs) no it's not their fault but also it was kind of like uh we didn't realize this was going to be the entire topic of the date that like now they're trying to get reggie his own car
0: right yeah archie and reggie are just infatuated with this car magazine that they pick up at the newsstand so they're only talking to each other really and mm-hmm. veronica and betty they do make attempts to kind of say like hey i also know things about cars like maybe we can yeah, we all know talk betty about this, this shit but no they just want to talk to each other about the cars and so finally Ron is like hey we're gonna be late to this show and so they get on the road but they run out of gas on the way there and they're stranded. Another funny
1: part about this was how they were fighting on who could drive and he was like oh yes but you drove here <laughs> and it's my turn to and I'm like wow this is the worst fucking thing I've ever watched. It's so childish and So
0: when they break down, they go to see if they can hitchhike back to Pops to get more gas. They leave Betty and Veronica in the car, and they're, like, arguing back and forth with each other about, like, whose fault this is, and who's the better driver, and whatever. So they just start, like, tussling
1: on the side of the road. I for sure thought that somebody was just going to hit them and leave.
0: I know. I know. I thought that, like, it was going to end with, like, one of them pushing the other out into the middle of the road, and then, it like, causing an accident, but... Um, no, it was just goofy. And then while Betty and Veronica are sitting in the car, that's when Tony, Cheryl and Midge drive by and say, hey, we're going to the same show. Do you guys just want to come with us? And for the first time in forever, I agree with Veronica. She was like, yeah, I mean, fuck these guys. Let's go.
1: Right. But also like, <laughs> OK, the guys end up getting the gas from pop and all that jazz. But then they not knowing where they went <laughs> the stress of that like they didn't know that everybody else was going so it's like anybody could have picked them up and killed them that is like this that's a scary scenario right yeah but there. i think Back in the
0: 50s, you didn't think about that so much. Like hitchhiking used to be a very normal way to get around. And there really wasn't Mm. a lot of that fear present. God. Also, but what I find weird about it is that you find out later that Betty was telling Reggie what a great show they missed. So they didn't even go to the concert. You know, like you would think that after they got the gas... They would just go catch up with
1: them? Right, and catch up with them. Yeah,
0: but but I
1: guess they don't. I guess they just
0: turn around
1: and go home. Unless they got there and it was too late.
0: Maybe, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like they missed the whole show, so... Yeah, stupid. Well, honestly,
1: it would be on brand, because then they probably... We're so excited about the jalopy that Pop gave to... Yeah, very convenient um, that Pop just has a a car (laughs) in his garage. to the rescue. But he also was judging, totally. He's like, you mean to tell me... Yeah. ...that you just left those two fucking girls and all this fight is about a fucking car? Like, here... Yeah. This shut the fuck up. And then like, Reggie's was... hugging
0: him and he's just like, yeah, 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 get off me, basically. <laughs> get
1: off of me. Like
0: <laughs> Archie and Reggie were acting like goddamn idiots in this episode. Mm-hmm. So immature, so stupid. And yep. they don't even, I don't, I can't feel bad for them anymore because they're just like making all the wrong choices <laughs> about how, really to, how to really lead their lives. But I did find it funny because then we next See Reggie is in the school shop fixing up his jalopy and Betty's helping him and Archie is just like a beside himself that Yeah, like what? They're, that they're hanging out and doing this project together. And he's, like, very clearly met. But, again, like, I can't feel bad for him because he had every opportunity to, like, solidify a relationship with Betty. And so maybe if she's more interested in Reggie at this point, then that's fair
1: game. You blew it. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Betty working on that car is kind of hot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's always made her, like,
0: even Yeah, even the
1: combo of the two of them working on the car and having archie watch <laughs> i know <laughs> that might be a part of next week's orgy i yeah, don't this know this is an
0: interesting metaphor we're we're creating
1: here <laughs> <laughs> damn honestly
0: we're never going to be that lucky that's definitely a fantasy in the preview like oh yes it's, there's no it's way they actually life. have a threesome but i'm just very upset about that because yeah. i would be so on board for that also he named the car oh yeah we bella. can't we can't Wasn't get away that the from name bella from yes It is Bella, right? Yeah, his car in the regular present day Riverdale that he basically had sex with, right?
1: Well, that was in
0: Rivervale, wasn't it?
1: Oh god! Oh yeah, that whole thing, yeah, yeah, because
0: he had like a driving teacher named Isabella, and that's who who he named the car after.
1: (laughs) Oh god! (laughs) (laughs) This
0: show is fucking
1: wild. (laughs) The fact that whenever, (laughs) I'll be like, oh, didn't that happen? You're like, yeah, but that was Rivervale. And I'm like, motherfucker. (laughs) Like, I can't even, like, it's not even after a matter of my just memory. It's... This show just goes into so many different weird tangents that, like, I can't keep up anymore. Right. And because they've done so many
0: things like this where there was stuff that was real and not real, it's hard to keep track of what was real. Because I had to stop and think for a minute if that story of abuse by his driving teacher was actually real or if that was in Riverdale. But I'm pretty sure that's the same storyline.
1: So mm-hmm. um, that was wild. Ugh. Anyway... Yeah, another quick funny thing when they were walking back with the gas and Reggie called Jughead soup can.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because that was kind of a nice moment when Reggie confesses to Archie that the reason he got home so late from his date with Veronica was not because he was just speeding around on the freeway, but he had gone to visit his parents because he's homesick. So, That was kind of a sweet moment. And it kind of uh, vindicates Uncle Frank, who was saying, you know, Mm -hmm. he's out of his element here. You got to give him a break. But I'm just confused by Uncle Frank because, you know, he he's not usually this sensitive or intuitive about what's
1: going on with teenage boys in Riverdale. So. um, Right. And where's Mary then? I don't know how to feel about it. Oh, yeah. She she might as well have died. (laughs) He's like the main fucking parent here. And I'm not really a fan. Maybe that's why his mustache grew. He's taking on more responsibility.
0: Yeah, That's what I'm saying. As he matures, his mustache grows. So, uh, what else? What
1: else? What else?
0: What else? What else? We could, uh, ugh. do I get Cheryl and Tony out
1: of the way? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. That, that this is the part that I'm kind of like
0: eh, about. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> again they're they're trying to keep that thread of the racist struggles involved in Riverdale.
1: Yeah, they don't want to get rid of it entirely like they did right in the beginning where it was one episode and then we forgot about it. Yeah,
0: I mean again, like I feel like whenever they do this, it's it's just it's not what the show is about and so it just no. doesn't feel like they're ever going to be able to cover it adequately. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know if that's to say they shouldn't even try, but it just it never really feels like it fits properly in no. with the rest of the episode.
1: So we're great explanation because that's that's <laughs> yeah. no because that's exactly how I felt as I was watching it. And like I'm writing my notes and I'm sitting here like not saying these aren't important topics, but they just right. don't fit. Yeah, like I'm not trying to shit on
0: it because I know that this is an important thing to do, but it's just like that's not that's not what the show is. Now on the opposite end of this episode, you have Archie and Reggie in a fistfight over who
1: gets to drive their car. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, it's not fitting properly. What are we doing? You're also trying to make this notion that these high school students really want to sit in a room in a circle and have these serious conversations on a normal basis again not saying it's not important but i also feel like it's it's too much it's too mature for for high school yeah, yeah. For, for the scenario we're really supposed to be in and it was a little off-putting that this particular club or group has to be supervised. Yeah. Did you see that? And I wonder
0: if that's for all clubs or if it's just because it's a new club. But I'm I'm guessing it was because of the topic. I I'm assuming they're trying to I, prevent yeah. the black students from for lack of a better word, unionizing. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I guess like rallying people to violence or something like that. So
1: like I even think that the the chaperone, so to speak, like hushed them at one point, right? Told them to like she she relax. made like a sigh she was she was kind of
0: like like she did something she she Mm -hmm. didn't shush them but she was basically like are we done here or like can we wrap this up or whatever so uh, it's a literary society so they're reading books by black authors and discussing them and I think it's funny because suddenly I am like way less into Clay because he's so pretentious about it oh he is leader of the pack even Tony is, is like not many people get to talk because Clay is busy over there just like going off on whatever his fucking tangent is I guess he found his his
1: calling yeah
0: um, yeah this is his his comfort zone clearly
1: you would think that he's been silenced like all the time like even in regular like day-to-day life yeah I mean because of how much he wants to talk during I
0: honestly life. didn't even get the impression that he was so into it because this was an opportunity for him to embrace his culture and his blackness and everything I honestly thought like this could have been coming out of Jughead's mouth in the exact same way because yep. he's so intellectual about
1: it and it's like uh all right you're again one of we're at those. a higher age level yeah a higher maturity level that you do not expect from. High school students. I don't care what decade we're in. You're not really getting that.
0: I've basically had a kid like him in every one of my college classes that just dominated the conversation, had really strong opinions, and just steamrolled other people to be able to say exactly what they wanted to say. It's just interesting because he seemed quiet and sort of to himself in every other context that we've seen him in. And here he's like a bully
1: (laughs) yeah this is this is his time to shine for sure I guess (laughs) now the issue that's arising from the Black Athena Club is it's taking Tony away from Cheryl like all the time yeah and I find this very interesting because I got annoyed in my notes like I got very Mm
0: -hmm. handwritten
1: annoyed and I wrote you get her to come out of her shell to come out to be Mm -hmm. with you and now you're avoiding her I totally feel for Cheryl. I, I feel for her this whole time.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the last time we saw them, it sounded like they were about to reconcile because Tony had invited Cheryl to the dark room where they could talk about their future and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they were repairing things and maybe they're taking it slow, but I don't know. There's There seems to be a lot of fear for Tony because. Not only is she sort of like pushing Cheryl away in their relationship, but it seems like she's even pushing her away in their friendship because she doesn't want her to come to these meetings, which, you know, it's not like they'd be going to these meetings to make out or, you know, be a couple. So even just right. to have like her it's there. like a social group. Right. To Even to invite her as a friend. She doesn't want to do that. She's worried that Cheryl's is going to be uncomfortable. She's worried that the other students would be uncomfortable. I actually get that part more. Like, I understand what she's saying. Yeah. But then it gets complicated because Clay invites Kevin and he's a white
1: dude. Yeah. And her excuse was basically, Clay is speaking. Clay is like mm-hmm. going to recite the yeah, poem work. he Clay wrote. Like, All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, he wanted his boyfriend there to hear him or whatever, which great. Fine. But you can't do that like you're sitting here making it or making the reason she really can't be there is because she's white right and then you have a white boy uh, you know showing up no problems no questions asked right and again like to piggyback off what you just said about her thinking Cheryl would be uncomfortable and then or the others feeling uncomfortable that Cheryl's there obviously that wouldn't be the case because they let Kevin right but for somebody who wanted Cheryl to be more honest with herself in her sexuality and very like just non-conforming to the whole closeted aspect of that you're kind of giving her that feeling again in a different way Mm -hmm. yeah she's pushing her aside because she's white yeah then also like but you wanted her as a white female in the 50s to come out as a lesbian. That's okay.
0: Right. Race is now almost becoming more important in their relationship. She mm-hmm. She's kind of making Cheryl feel ashamed to be white. And I hate to use that phrase because I feel like a lot of people use that phrase these days because there's such, like, racial tension now. But it does seem like that's what Tony's doing here, that, like, she's almost embarrassed by Cheryl's whiteness. And yeah. I feel bad for Cheryl because she can't help that she's white and she's trying she she would like to make the effort to understand better and to be part of those conversations or at least listen she even says like I'll come but like I won't say anything I'll just sit there and listen right I'll take it all in yeah so it's interesting because I I think Tony's making a mountain out of a molehill Mm -hmm. with this But at the same time, as a white person myself, maybe I don't understand. Maybe that's... Which
1: is very possible that we don't understand. And I, you know, we can admit that. But it was... I hated the look on Tony's face after, like, it was all okay. Mm. Because then, like, they asked Cheryl, like, about the book that they read for the group. Right. And she explains, you know, how she felt about it and all that. And then, like... It kind of annoyed me that she was put on the spot like, well, is this the only book by a black author you've read? And it's like, right. well, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, that's why she's here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why it's, un- you already know she's uncomfortable. So why not make her feel like a dick for not fucking reading right more about, you know, more by Black authors? There are nicer um,
0: ways to kind of approach that to be like, well, yeah. have you ever read this book? You might like this one if you liked this one. And, you know, mm-hmm. just, just kind of subtly address that because especially back in the 50s, I'm sure that access to books by Black authors was probably really limited because yeah. they, they didn't have the kind of publishing ability as white people. So it just may never have even come across her desk, so to speak. Yeah. And that's not her fault. And it should be a really positive thing that she is showing up to this kind of meeting and saying, I'm open to reading these kinds of books. And I really liked the experience of reading this book. So yeah, I, I agree. There's like some weird
1: hostility almost. It's awkward. It's very I felt like we were more, we felt more awkward than they did. Yeah. But Cheryl does say afterwards that
0: she doesn't think it's a good idea for her to go to those meetings anymore, which I thought was interesting because I thought she kind of got something out of that.
1: Yeah, and I think she, I thought she had a good outlook on what she read. Like, she was just very in tune with the whole thing. So, it was interesting to um to have her say that. But I think, I also think she might have said that because she realized it made Tony uncomfortable. Yes. I think that's exactly why she said that. Oh, I, it, this is going to be a weird road for them because I don't think I also realize that, like, the only time Cheryl reads is when Tony recommends a book to her.
0: <laughs> well, I mean... We don't, we don't get to spend a lot of time. We don't know, but I'm just yeah. saying
1: like the two times that we like yes. see her read or ask if, she, you know, things that Tony's recommended for two very important topics.
0: Right. For, for things that are very relevant to whatever Cheryl, Cheryl is going through at the time.
1: <laughs> I have to let, cause it's just, it's just funny that it's like, here, I can't explain it to you. Here's a book. Yeah. Here's a book. Educate yourself. Uh, yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's what happened with
0: them. That's them.
1: And then that's them. I guess the,
0: the only other thing going on is the Brad Rayberry stuff.
1: Which also took a turn to being depressing this episode.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's not like it, it wasn't taking a turn from something happy to something depressing.
1: Well, no, <laughs> but it was just, I mean, the investigation really isn't underway yet. It was more of No,
0: a, and that really pissed me off, too, because they made it seem like Sheriff Keller was coming in to get Jughead to help him with this investigation and all he wanted to know was if Jughead knew if he had any next of kin or family that should be notified of the death right. and it was
1: like oh okay thanks and then put it in his hands to notify
0: right person. yeah or like, maybe okay. Jughead kind of took it upon himself yeah all he, he said that um he suspected Brad Rayberry had a wife but he didn't know who she was or where she was and that's all he basically told Sheriff Keller so then he goes over with Tabitha to Rayberry's apartment to kind of look around, see if they can find any clues. And they figure out that his wife is actually a black woman named June living in South Carolina. And I actually thought that this was a better way to incorporate racist undertones and how they're dealing with them into the story rather than the, like, hit you over the head with the Black Literary Society yes. stuff. Yep. So, like, I think they got this right. But if they had done more stuff like this, I think it would be more successful. But they call her up and tell her... That Mm -hmm. Brad is dead and then she immediately comes up to talk to them about it and says, you know, we had these plans. He was going to option one of his books and then the money was going to be used to support a life in Paris for them since they can't stay in America with all the racism. I don't
1: know that Paris is that much less racist. But I guess, I guess maybe it is. Well, he was also in because again, you find out way more of a backstory on him, which yes, (laughs) he was a communist. (laughs) He was a communist. And he, you know, was in a mental institution and um, a war protester, which like, yeah, fair. But then he ended up being in the war. And well, he was um, in
0: World War Two.
1: He was in World War Two. But it was just interesting because maybe then he had experienced Paris a little and felt that it was a place for them. Maybe, that's true. But yeah, Sheriff Keller kind of presents Jughead with all of this as... Basically, like a oh, this guy was horrible. Yeah, he had
0: a lot of secrets, so obviously he would commit. Suicide.
1: Obviously, he killed himself. Yep. <laughs> okay. He, um, he's a communist, which he is hilarious because I was actually thinking that like
0: all of that made it sound like somebody would have motive to kill him. Somebody who exactly. didn't like communism. That's where I thought it was coming <laughs> That's what from. I thought so, it was too. going. He was like, now you definitely kill himself because he realized, uh, you know, he was communist. He and had t-
1: terrible. He had too many secrets.
0: Oh, my God. But everything that they hear from his wife, June, basically confirms their suspicions that he did not commit suicide because they had these plans. They were preparing, you know, for the future so he would not kill himself.
1: She said he was the most optimistic person she knew. Right. And, yeah, we had found out that, like, he was sending, like, what was it? a. half of his paycheck down to her every month or whenever he got paid or whatever because it was also helping to save money for her parents for a house for her parents it really brought to light this you know how things were definitely then and just the the tactics that people would use against you know biracial couples and stuff like that yeah
0: yeah. And we had grown to care kind of about Brad Rayberry. Like we were sort of invested in this. And then also you can kind of see that they're trying to make a parallel with Tabitha and Jughead and say, like, if you guys became a couple ever, you might face this sort of, um, you know, animosity in the future. So I feel like it just applied so much better versus having us watch people sit around discussing black literature. Like, especially if you've never read it, like I actually haven't read the books that they were talking about. So maybe if I had their conversation would have been more meaningful to me, but watching people talk and it was just for, you know, a few minutes. So it's not like you can really get anything out of it, except for maybe wanting to go read it when you're done. But I think this just made it more, more real and more tangible and more, accessible to the audience.
1: It was getting the story of somebody who has lived through it as opposed to yes. just reading about it.
0: Right. And this is the weird thing that I feel like they're doing with racism this season, because there doesn't seem to be a lot of blatant. Ra- I mean, we saw it with Reggie more so than any of the black students yeah. that we've seen. And we're seeing a lot of reverse racism from Tony George Cheryl almost, but like we're not seeing anybody any of the Black students in Riverdale being mistreated. No. So it's odd to me that they're going about it this way where they're talking about it, but it's all taking place somewhere else.
1: Right, like they are not directly affected, but they need to address it, which again, fine. But it's an interesting way to go about it. Right, I
0: think it would be a lot more meaningful if we saw people we cared about being directly impacted and how they respond to that so I don't know why they're not doing that necessarily but I do think that this thing with June was a step in the right direction for addressing that but we probably yes. won't get much more on it
1: <laughs> so no. I do have to say I loved
0: June I loved her lipstick her lipstick yes. was beautiful I could not stop staring at her lips
1: <laughs> <laughs> just her whole face like her whole look like she just was so very nicely put together yeah uh, the, the outfit, the hat, everything. She looked fantastic. Yes. And she does, as she's about to leave, she brings up to Jughead and Tabitha and asks if they're going steady. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, no, we're just, you know, we're just friends. Mm-hmm. And like, you know really good friends or whatever and part of me wants to my optimism here is pretty high but i know i'm gonna get fucking disappointed that if they get together in the 50s that will spark something that we can finally get out. Oh. to fucking real time <laughs> i mean like something with them like has to maybe. happen so that it sparks something yeah because i don't cause
0: know. tabitha had to kiss him to erase his memory like whatever mm-hmm. so maybe if he kissed this Tabitha, even though it's not the same Tabitha, maybe that would kind of create Most a ripple. Or <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Maybe they'll get like a flash forward while they're kissing and be like, "Oh shit, something's wonky here." So yeah. maybe, maybe that's what we're building to.
1: It would be nice.
0: But the other thing we get, so Jughead goes back to Ray Bradbury, Brad Ray, Bur- Brad Ray, Barry. <sighs> oh, shit. You almost had it. Almost had it. Almost had it. And for a second, I was just—I was like, just say the last name so you don't get tripped up on the first name. But no, okay. Anyway, Brad Rayberry. He went back to his apartment, and while he's in there, there's a knock on the door, and it's a neighbor, and she's carrying her cat like a little baby, which neither of my cats would ever allow.
1: (laughs) I was gonna say I don't think I've ever seen a cat be like allow somebody to. Only only on
0: Instagram. I don't know anybody who has cats like that. But I've seen people who allegedly have these cats on Instagram. But she comes by and kind of offers condolences, yada, yada. And then she asks if he might have any milk in his fridge for her kitty, which, by the way, most cats are lactose intolerant. So don't. Your cats yeah, milk. that's some weird fable, right? Yeah, like... it is. <laughs> so they go check. There's nothing in the fridge except for ketchup and like something else. Oh, and yeah. she's like, well, that's weird because I heard the milkman come by and make a delivery the other night. It was pretty late. And Jacket's like, what? She said it was a suspiciously
1: late delivery. Something yes. like that. Like she knew it was just Unusually out of that...
0: late. And he's like, well, how'd you know? Like, what did he look like? She was like, oh, I didn't see him. But I heard him because of the clinking of the
1: of milk the bottles. Bottle. Yeah, because she asked like, where would the bottles have gone? Yes.
0: Yeah. So and like I loved this because she was like, well, because my cat heard it and she knows what the milk bottle sound like because it's basically just like opening a can of tuna in my household. Like as soon as mm. that happens, they come fucking running. So now Jughead is like, oh, shit, it's the milkman.
1: He's back. That goddamn milkman, right? Like all of my all of my thoughts and predictions are coming to light.
0: right? Like now, this is a suspicious piece of information. We know somebody was at the apartment a couple of nights ago, kind of late, and that it was allegedly a milkman who was also involved in Ethel's parents' murders. So,
1: oh right, Ethel, yeah, remember Ethel, guys, don't Nobody. forget about Ethel. Yeah. Justice for Ethel. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Hopefully we'll get more on this in the next episode. It seems like they're going to continue with this investigation.
1: Yes, thank God. I just love that. Like, I love them being back on the investigative team together. Yeah,
0: well, because that's the only question I have. Like, otherwise, what are we doing here? Like, there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing else happening. <laughs> and there's that nothing that need. really goes like episode to episode. Like, everything is sort of like a one shot. Not a lot is carrying over. And the stuff that is carrying over is so meaningless so this is like the one thing we have that it's like okay well what's
1: gonna happen next and they won't tell us yeah i found where am i going with this um oh i was just gonna say something else i found really funny in the episode okay when veronica and betty are sitting at the tables at lunch or outside Mm -hmm. first of all they're dressed like they are in their 40s just the coats and the gloves and the it's just whatever but veronica says to betty like you are glowing are you doing <laughs> me? With, like your skincare and she's like no my mom just basically yeah. hates my guts and doesn't want to talk to me so yeah that worked out well yeah that's
0: amazing <laughs> like no i'm just like mentally in a much better place now that my mom has stopped trying to micromanage my life it's like
1: amazing. yeah good for you it was betty great glad to see and you and also i think the most high school thing they've done was like go over like celebrities and like who, like, yeah, basically they'd fuck, marry, kill kind right. of thing. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm like, wow, this is what high schoolers should be doing. Yeah, although, like,
0: what are we doing back in high school? Like, we, we were done with that, and now we're back.
1: Uh... I'm telling you, if this ends up being just this weird whole fucking dream sequence and then like we end and it's back at season one, like that would be fucking wild.
0: If we only get a couple episodes in present day, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Well, but I did I send you
1: that I forget the actress's name, Madeline the Pesh. Madeline Pesh. She had posted a story that like she was crying at the, you know, last episode of Riverdale because they yeah. were, you know. They just read it or something. Yeah, and I'm like, ugh. God, I hope, like, something comes of this and you're like, well, you're definitely gonna cry anyway. Yeah. that's true. I probably will. (laughs) But, yeah, I hope there is something to cry for. I hope there is, like, something at least meaningful in the end after seven years that, and these past few seasons that have just been super fucking ridiculous that we get some nostalgia from. So I could hope...
0: I hope that they can rein it back in because it seems like they've lost control of it. But,
1: yeah, next week is, um... Halloween 2, yeah, which Halloween I read that they kind of based it well, the episode's not based on, but they titled it basically after John Carpenter's Halloween, so right, yeah, we will see how that goes. I mean, again, we're getting another lovely dream sequence of a threesome that whew, uh, dare to dream, dare to dream. We might get a musical number in this one. Yeah, it did look like it. It did look like it.
0: But honestly, like, I can't complain because we haven't had one in so long. Right? And we're up to what? Episode? It'll be 11? Yeah. God. We're we're more than halfway. Yeah. More (laughs) than
1: halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Jesus. Yeah. Wild. So yeah, of course, you know where to find us. Keep up to date with everything we have going on. Again, Riverdale's going crazy right now. <laughs> that's putting it lightly. No, no break in sight. So uh, until we get one of those, that's what you're in store for. But hopefully we'll get to do a movie or something soon. And uh,
0: <sighs> we'll obviously like keep it, you but... posted.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. So uh there's
0: anything you'd like to add. June 1st is World Milk Day. So oh, that Hashtag been great. Milk Day for the milkman. Pour one out. Yesterday was National Donut Day, um, right. which we celebrated last year with Attack of the Killer Donuts. We
1: did. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I think tomorrow is National Cheese Day, which is kind of fun. Oh, tomorrow is National Hug Your Cat Day, so look out guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going
0: to cradle you like a baby. It is National Cheese Day tomorrow.
1: Oh, Oh, I'm really, really happy that you knew important. that. <laughs> that's the most important that's one. That's so
0: adorable <gasps> that you knew
1: that. Oh, I know. Cheese Day, Margarita Day, Unicorn Day. There's another one. uh Rum Day. Rum Day, I believe is July 16th.
0: Um, okay. Yeah, that's all I got. So happy belated World Milk Day in honor of our good friend, serial killer, the milkman.
1: And technically, when you hear this, it will be happy belated cheese day. As well. Yeah, National so. Cheese Day. Everybody eat some cheese yeah i mean we just went total lactose on everyone so if you are lactose intolerant unfortunately you can't celebrate those days but
0: yeah that's true we're sorry about that but that's a lifestyle you chose
1: so (laughs) (laughs) you could totally go against it many people do so yeah so until next time that's endgame